And now, live from Pod Cabin in Burbank, California, you see Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes your guests. He's a comedian, writer, and actor from Good Mythical Morning and co-host of Pod Yourself a Gun, a Sopranos podcast. It's Matt Lieb. And hey. he's a writer, podcaster, and the world's last living film critic. It's Vince Mancini. Tone Zone hey. is here to show our Olympic gymnasts a much easier way to get the twisties. I'm her husband, Daniel. Say and hop on board Love Bus. Say hello to your new best friend, Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way we can dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hello, my little fried mac and cheese balls. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. That particular carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon. Patreon by Jess Flowers. Jess is the official carb czar. She sends me spreadsheets indicating who sent in what carb when, which I didn't glance at before I chose that one. So it's possible we already did fried mac and cheese balls, but I would think as the carb czar, she would not have repeated if she, I don't mean to throw her under the bus if she did. It happens. We're all human. Anyway, uh, very excited to get to this show. Uh, very excited for my guests. Let me just say real fast, since I did mention Patreon, I am on Patreon. Weekly Patreon. bonus episodes of what we are calling the Friend Zone. That's the, that's the weekly bonus episode. Zoom parties. There's a level where you can text me stuff, and I'll text you back. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and you can see the the video of the Thursday shows when we have video, which is more and more. But I will get to that. All right. I'd like to say hello to my guest, Vince Mancini. Hello. Hey. I feel like I said hey too early, but I'm glad I'm doing it on time now. And thanks for having me. Well, you know what's funny? Um, you did say it a little bit too early. Yeah. As yeah. did your uh, co-host and brother in podcasting, Matt Lieb. Hello. Hey, what's up? I did it too early too. I Hell know. Yeah. And then Vince <laughs> followed your lead, but here's the crazy. But it actually worked pretty well. And here's the crazy thing: I'm just surprised because I've been doing this show for 49 years, and I'm surprised <laughs> that that has literally never happened before. How what? Is that? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I hope you feel special. I feel worse about it now. Before I was like, oh, people have done it. I'm sure it's a reoccurring problem. But no, this is we were the first people to ever fuck that up. No, I think it means other people and no offense to them. I think they're lulled into like some kind of of they're like mesmerized and they're they're just on autopilot. Whereas you guys are like thinking on your feet and you're mm-hmm. like wanting to, you know, pull your weight on the show i like that yeah we're yeah. busy trying to get in a word in edgewise with each other so we're and then i feel like i deserve less of the blame because i just did what matt did yeah yeah but that makes you a follower not a leader and it makes me a leader and so in a way you're kind of just like dunking on yourself if you think about it um yeah. also allison we're not used to podcasting together on other people's podcasts mm-hmm. so uh you know we we just kind of uh you know, we're just we're we're new at this in a way, if you think about it. Are you like the podcasting equivalent of like you left the door open? Did you grow up in a barn? Which by the way, does everyone leave doors open in barns? I don't really know where that comes from, but I'm just saying yeah. like do you not, you know, like your your pod P's and Q's? Are you going to like suddenly defecate on air? Probably. I mean, you know, I I'll try not to. <laughs> 
<laughs> for a second, I thought that was real, and I was like, "Allison, I am impressed that yeah. you can you make, do that on command." You make a really good point. Like, I feel like the worst thing to leave open would be a barn. Like, if you grew up in a barn, leaving a door open would be the last thing you would do because you don't want all the horses and cows and like sheep to get away. Right. True. And it's weird because when people say, "Did you grow up in a barn?" When someone leaves a door open, I feel like it's always, it's like someone had their elbows on the table. It's like the small, it's a very small infraction. Whereas mm-hmm. to your point, Vince, if you left the barn door open, like you probably put the barn in bankruptcy for yeah. years. Like you're not coming back from that. No milk, and, no butter. Your family might starve. Right. And everyone's angry at you. And also, uh, when you say to someone, uh, hey, your barn door's open, that usually means your zipper's down. So oh. it's like some people understand the how barns work, and mm-hmm. some people don't. The and significance just, of, yeah, what, what it would mean. But, yeah, now- anyways. <laughs> but nowadays, it just refers to like super modern sliding doors that people put in their new homes. Now it's just a trendy door. That- is, that, mm-hmm. is that right? Yes. And they yeah, call them barn doors? They call them barn doors. I'm a, let me bring in everyone so we can really talk about doors. Daniel Quantz, my husband, hello. Hi. I'm wondering if maybe what the implication with the question, did you grow up in a barn, is, is you oh, grew you up in a animal? barn, you left the door open, you got kicked, off the, uh, kicked out of the barn, yeah. and now that's why you're here in the big city. Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like babe, but not because you're good at herding sheep. Exactly. I just, I think it, I just realized potentially what it means is, are you an animal? Oh. I like that. I think, I bet that's what it means. I like that we've all decided, (laughs) did you grow up in a barn? Like, did you grow up doing 4-H? Right, because humans don't actually live in the barn. Right. I think we might have solved it. (laughs) I prefer our first first interpretation tony thaxton bad boy of podcasting hello hello i was i was trying to uh do some googling on on this to get a proper answer but uh you you called on and of course you know normally you would wait another 20 minutes to introduce me (laughs) but this time when i'm not ready uh you introduce me i know tony we're only seven seven minutes 28 seconds into the show maybe even a little less because i think i started recording before that's you know what that's behind the scenes stuff. You guys don't need to know that I might have started recording. That's for the early. patrons only. That's right. That's patrons only, and also patrons only know that Matt Lieb is his guns are out. Y'all, what's up? I'm in a tank top right now because uh, it's it's hot as fuck. Am I allowed to swear? Yes. Fuck yeah! Uh, it's it's really hot in Los Angeles right now, and I'm in uh, a room with air conditioning, and it's still hot. So yeah. uh, I decided. You know, for the patrons only, they could see uh, what my bare arms look like. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boner drops. I, I've been getting boner drops everywhere I go. Every podcast I do, someone does a doyo-yoing. Is that, <laughs> I, I was going to say, is that true? Because um, I lost my ability to understand when someone's being facetious, but I have, re- I have, <laughs> I've gotten it back. Anyway, this is right. This is a record early introduction of Tony. I like to just, leave him in an uncomfortable like she hasn't introduced me am i allowed to speak yet i mean i know i could and i'm i'm working on the show but she hasn't introduced me what's going on for like 30 minutes so you're welcome Tony. yeah thank you i thought this was the latest part of your uh your ongoing grudge sudden grudge against me that tony and i are sworn enemies 
So she Why, says, did he do something anti-Semitic? <laughs> non-stop with this guy. Non-stop. <laughs> he'll, like, he'll reach down and grab a coin and be like, hey, did you drop something? I'm like, what, <laughs> what did I do to you? It's really weird. Canceled. Yeah. You wouldn't think someone as mild-mannered as Tony would be that way, but he's full of hate and rage. Filled with hate. You can see it in his eyes, his hate-filled <laughs> eyes. That's oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Get on yeah. Patreon to see those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay, uh, so... Real quick, I, I did yeah. Google. Eddie, are you ready oh, for this very exciting answer? Yes. I'm literally, ready. Literally, this says, in an era past... Farmers often left the barn doors open during the day for livestock on pasture. Huh. Oh. So you want your animals to be able to come back to the, the barn. Yeah. You know what I always say? Me and Matt have a saying, which is that facts are the enemy of podcasting. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that holds true here. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I like never know why. You know, yeah. <laughs> if someone is like, oh, who is the guy who played? Doesn't matter. Just make up a name. You know, as soon as you know something, it just ruins everything, man. So back to these trendy doors, because Daniel and I have had Mm. words about them. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Daniel, but these are the doors where there's a rail, like a bar, almost like a curtain rod on the very top. And the doors are suspended from that and they slide almost like closet doors. Mm. And that we saw them when we were house shopping, we saw them in tons of homes and I remember wondering, but they, they offer no soundproofing then. They you don't know, actually close. Sorry. Right. They're just a hint of door. It seems like uh, people, like the trend in homes is to feel like you're living in another thing because you got barn <laughs> doors and you got shiplap. Like people don't actually yeah. want to live in a house. They want to <laughs> live in a barn. Right. A or farm like a ship. Farmhouse yeah. sink. Yeah. It's always something else. Trying to think of I mean, the next the next thing is like theme houses, like the way Vegas used to do hotels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome get some to my, of those out here. Welcome my Garfield themed home. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, to shout out, I think you should leave uh, a fantastic show. Yeah, no, there's you know, uh, I mean, the wh- first time I heard of someone living in a in a studio, um, I thought they meant like. Uh, there's like cameras and lighting and whatnot, but it just turns out it just means an apartment with a bed in the middle of it. And that's the whole thing, yes. which um, I mean, I get wanting to change the name and create a euphemism for that because no one right. wants to be like, oh, yeah, I live in a cell because that's a right. cell. Yeah. yeah, If you call it a studio, then it's like you're a working artist. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing art. You know? But if you, yeah. you know, call it what it is, which is uh, prison. Uh, <laughs> so what is a like, loft? Oh, is that just a studio that has high ceilings? Yeah, what it- a loft is a real studio, I think, because like okay. that's that's an actual. Stu- if you actually live in an art studio, you live in a loft. If you live in a studio, you don't do art, and you're struggling to survive. Daniel, join the Patreon. Didn't you live in a junior studio or a studio with an alcove or something? Which is that's I believe what that is is a studio yeah. that has like a tiny partition for the bed, right? Like- Oh, yeah, my cute. first my first apartment, but it was like a one room, but it had a kitchen. Doesn't that so, count? Then that's just a studio. Is, then yeah. is that a junior yeah. studio or is that a junior one bedroom? That's a studio with an eat-in kitchen, I believe. <laughs> yes, well, they yeah. they also call it a bachelor, right? Oh, oh I like that. Maybe so many yeah. euphemisms. <clears throat> uh, 
So listen, you guys, I have some sad news, but but for any listeners who just clenched up, it's not so sad that you need to worry. You're not going to feel too sad. But but uh, I discovered, and I think I started to tell this on a different show. <clears throat> uh, we have a watering can, and I used it outside, and then I left it outside. Mm. And would anyone like to guess what I found inside the watering can? Daniel, you already Ooh. know. Okay, Ooh. yes, go, Vince. Dead frog. No, but you're close. Uh, Dead crack cocaine. No. <laughs> cold, cold. Oh, Dead squirrel. Shit. Oh, my God. It's not that big of a watering can. Oh, uh, salamander. Oh, oh, well, my God. No. Steaming hot. Steaming hot. Oh, my uh, God. A tadpole? Tadpole. Uh, just Is a salamander like a tadpole? Snake. Some other sort of lizard. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, well, but no that's one. That's a reptile, but, you know. <laughs> I think of a salamander. What is a salamander? An amphibian? That's an amphibian. Yeah, they come from tadpoles. Oh, I didn't know that. This is such an educational show. Vince knows a lot of stupid shit no one cares about. <laughs> it's, my, it's my gift. <laughs> That's his gift. And yet you agreed that facts are the enemies of podcasts. I, if well, they're also like the basis of many podcasts. Yeah. Those well, are I the, know many the things. Just don't ones. check them, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't verify. Just be Trust, confident verify. in your answer yeah. when it's wrong or right. Be confident. I... Th- I am tempted to agree with you that those are the worst <laughs> podcasts, but it's just pure jealousy. It's just like, oh yeah, my god, yeah. people fucking love fact based podcasts that I yeah, don't provide. Yeah. I know, mm. I, I, I totally agree. It's whenever it's uh, I say I hate them because they're bad, mostly because uh, NPR keeps making them the number one podcast in the world, yeah, people- and I'm like, you know, some of us do podcasting just to have friends. All right, they NPR. Also, they also do this thing where uh, there are fact-based podcasts, but they're all taking the format of one person regaling another with things they learned on yes. Wikipedia. Yes. yes, and it's like, why am I listening to this like studiously fact-based podcast that is nonetheless uh, recreating uh, the concept of banter? Right. Yes, yes. It's like, uh, so tell me, Vince, what do you know about salamanders? <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. Uh, I found out some really cool stuff about salamanders, and one <laughs> is that they come from tadpoles. What? And two, yeah, is that they cause rashes. Didn't we evolve from salamanders? Yes, I'm just gonna say yes, and no one check. Don't wait. Check it. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, in and by the way, no one guessed what there was the most of in the watering can which was bird shit i mean i don't oh, it's okay. like it's like they aimed and they're like oh you need to like up the side a little bit hit the spout i don't know how they spackled the inside entirely with bird <laughs> shit okay but isn't that a really good thing like guano is what they use for a uh, fertilizer right that's like, right so if you have a bunch of birds oh. shitting in your thing that you feed plants with so that seems Probably like a win-win good. and yeah, keep the Keep the doo-doo in there and then pour it on the plants. The organic matter from the dead lizard probably would have been good, too. I just want to throw the whole watering can out. But anyway, <laughs> tiny little dead lizard. I mean, he was probably like an inch and a half long. Very sad. Tony, d- could you find Taps? Because I just want to take a moment to honor him. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone know what a little lizard is called? I don't. Is it like a pop mm. or something? Ooh, that's it. Yeah. Tiny lizard. Baby. Oh. <laughs> Fred. It's called an infant. <laughs> okay. I'm just collecting myself, thinking of what I'm going to say. 
Tony, when when you edit this, I'll make this longer. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, there's Just literally a video playing right now, and there's so much intro on it. Oh. <laughs> is it someone regaling someone else with uh, facts about lizards <laughs> or facts about taps? Uh, the interesting thing about taps. Uh... <laughs> Here we go. Tiny lizard, you were just starting out. You were a mere babe or just a very tiny old lizard. I'm not sure, but I'm, I think you were a baby. You were looking for sanctuary. You were looking for shade. You were looking for drops of water. And you found a bird shit covered coffin. I'm sorry. Each time I water a plant, not from that watering can, because I can't keep it. It grosses me out. I will think of you and all that you could have accomplished in your lizard life cut short. Would anyone like to say a few words? Uh, yeah, I'd like to say a few words. Okay. Uh, yo, lizard, um, uh, sorry about that. That sucks. Um, but also, you got greedy. You saw that there was a watering can. You said, oh, I bet there's like a world of water in there. I'm going to have it all to myself. And you know what? You're a victim of your own hubris. You're probably burning in lizard hell right now for that shit, dog. Yeah, keep taps going. <laughs> hey, lizard. <laughs> Fuck you. Why'd you have to go and ruin Allison's watering can that she was going to use to get the water out of it so you could have drinking it later. If you had just been patient and not a glutton, you'd be alive right now. Mm. Ejecting your own tail is not going to get you out of this one, lizard. Yeah. We've seen that trick before, and it doesn't work on watering cans. You should have hollowed out the tail and turned it into a snorkel <laughs> so you could have survived for long enough for Allison to have discovered you and let you out, which she would have done because she's probably a nice person. Probably. But instead, instead, <laughs> instead, you didn't. You drowned. You, you weren't innovative enough to think about a lizard tail snorkel. Mm. <laughs> Thank you from, for these words from the heart for our lizard mm-hmm. friend. You know what I realized? You know what he looked like by the end? What? Like an Izod em- emblem. Uh, oh, man. Oh, wait. That's an alligator, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it? you know what I'm Which saying. Which one is uh, Lacoste? Lacoste isn't, that's, that's an, an alligator, alligator, too. One of them's a tiger, right? Which one's the tiger? I don't know that, enough about clothes. That's the imitation. That's what well, anyway, he, I'm just saying he was small and stiff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm glad that we properly honored him. Um, so this was going to be an in-person show. And yeah. Vince, who lives in Fresno, and I didn't realize you lived in Fresno until the planning of this show. You were going to drive down. You were going to yeah. make a wow. day of it. You were going to stay, I believe, on Matt Lieb's. Daybed. Day bed. Now, yeah. when you say daybed, <laughs> yes, do you mean a twin bed that is, has has so nope. many pillows on it that it looks like a a no. couch? What's a daybed? No, I mean we specifically went and bought a daybed from a catalog, um, and I mean it is. It's. I'll tell you this: a twin bed with a bunch of pillows on it would be more comfortable than the daybed. Is this a chaise? Like, I'm just wondering what the term daybed is referring to here. I don't honestly I don't know. I feel like people <laughs> name things different things uh and they mark up the price 
Because what this is, is like, imagine a couch, but they're like, we took away the thing you rest your back on and the thing you rest your arm on. And mm-hmm. it's just, uh, think of a giant ottoman that's a rectangle. That's what it is. Oh. And, um, is there nothing yeah. to lean on? There's nothing to lean on. It is, it is garbage, but Vince, Francesca thinks it looks good. A bullet. <laughs> I was probably just going to drive back anyway, but I let Matt think I was going to sleep on the day bed <laughs> just so that he would feel justified in having uh, a, a glorified ottoman in his house that yeah. takes up space. I mean, we just like we have it and we need people to use it. We have had people over who slept on the day bed and uh, none of them enjoyed it. <laughs> and it is, you know, uh, it's just one of those purchases that took two months to get because of COVID and cost way too much money. And is pretty much, at this point, just where the cat lives. So, you know, a word of warning to people out there. Don't buy a day bed. Just get a get a twin bed. And I'm very allergic to cats. So it just would have been me uh, <laughs> reclining on a restless square, uh, just <laughs> sneezing and s- snuffling. Well, you're it, welcome then. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. We, I was really I – was, I was so looking forward to going – to do this in person because i was just like i haven't podcasted in person in so long vince moved to to fresno um i don't know a couple years back when he fucking fell in love like an (laughs) idiot and uh met his met his wife um and uh yeah so we 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 do all of our podcasts via zoom this is normal for us so when the you know yeah remember the novelty of like spending in-person time with uh you know with your acquaintances yeah yeah no it was awesome at the same time it sucked a little bit and i'll tell you why because when you guys record uh in person you guys go to a studio is that right uh me no we i have the the room that i'm in in the backyard is a studio in the backyard Oh, okay. I have there's like a structure in the backyard that I, it was used as storage, but at some point someone – I mean, that, it would be depressing to live in here. It is – like we were talking about, it's smaller than a right. studio, the kind we were talking about. But this is my studio, so it's in my house. Okay. My house. So the the one thing that um, I've actually kind of enjoyed a little bit is um, the in doing just you know Zoom podcasting is now I, I don't mind inviting – any guest uh to come on there was a time where i was like i don't want some people to know that i live in squalor oh you know what i mean yeah and and uh i definitely like we did a podcast once um in my studio apartment back before i i lived uh in a different apartment uh that has a day bed no big deal um I I I think we had Justin Halpern on uh, mm-hmm. Vince and mm-hmm. Justin went to my apartment and I was never more embarrassed <laughs> of <laughs> of the life that I had chosen than when he like came came in because uh, you know this guy is like very successful and I'm just like I live here you can hear <laughs> this you can hear the sign the Scientology building sign it buzzes at night but the light is nice so I don't know if it's day or night. Before I we before we moved to Burbank, uh, yes. when I lived in Hollywood, we had oh Vince had been there. Um, we used to record in our dining room. We called it Dining Room Studios. Nice. And I had all sorts of of people in and out. Yeah. Our dog Wendy at the time peed on pee pads because we lived up a flight of stairs. Yeah. And it that was 
a decision I regret a lot because the thing is like she has had zero accidents in this house now where we have a yard and she just, uh-huh. you know, taps on the door with her paw when she needs to go outside. Uh, and, and it's really the it's dogs. They just should go to the bathroom outside. But we allowed her to go to the bathroom in our house on a pee pad, except she would not always hit the pee pad. So yeah. basically we I just compartmentalized the fact that our home smelled like dog urine yeah, like all these people that I respect, so famous people in and out. Our house smelled like dog urine, gross, and I just completely like separated that. And then, do you, Daniel? Do you remember when Ben Glebe came on the show in this place, and he was like, "Your old place smelled like dog pee, or something"? <laughs> I think I had, a- I, I think I had asked. I had opened up the door, but I felt very, very humil. I felt so embarrassed. For like weeks after, do you remember Look, I was thinking of? You sin- don't have to impress Ben Glebe. I know yes, it wasn't. Please. It wasn't the Ben Glebe of it all. It was the shock. <laughs> it was this. It was this. The acknowledgement of the smell, and he said it so matter of factly. Right. Mm. And I thought <laughs> this is how far I went with it. I was thinking of sending a mass email to everyone who had been a guest on my show. Just saying, like, I just want you to know that I, I realized that it did smell and I'm sorry. And then I'm like, what am I? That's like a thousand times worse. Yeah, no, don't do that. That would be so I didn't, funny. That'd be so <laughs> weird. I feel like that is the full podcast experience, though. I, yes. mean, I feel like who, what, like who's one of the most successful podcasters around? Probably like Mark Maron. Yeah. And yeah. like, I just imagine that Mark Maron's podcast studio smells like cat pee, too. So, I mean, for sure. We're just like living up to uh, the best. Right. Yeah. I had him on my show, but recorded it in his garage. This was back in 2011. And his studio was in his garage. So I I don't recall it smelling like cat stuff, but I know that I went, we went through the house and there, I'm sure that smelled like cat. I'm sure it did. Sure it did. Gross. (laughs) I love the idea of cats. If him, of him keeping his like, garage like pristine and good smelling but mm. the rest of his house is just filled with cat piss and poo yeah and he's just like you know he's like this is where the squalor is but i keep the <laughs> studio nice and good right for the president yeah uh, daniel have you spent any time in fresno i don't think i've ever been to fresno i was trying to think of that it's lovely is is <laughs> fresno on the way to anywhere yeah <laughs> It's mostly well. That's usually that's it's what it's famous the, it's for. It's end of the line, Daniel. I've driven through the shittiest corner of it. Is usually most people's experience of it. Yeah, it's on the way to Yosemite. Yeah, my friend uh, yeah. who went on to either co-found or he has something to do with Long Reads. I think he founded Long Reads. Um, he had a website a long time ago because he was from Fresno and he had a website called Fres Yes. Mm, nice. Clever. I need to meet him now. I know. <laughs> I mean, how is Fresno, Vince? Well, there's only so many of us that can long read here. So, like, you'd think <laughs> it would be a small community. Uh, no, it's great. Like, if I had moved here, well, I, I lived in San Francisco for, like, 10 years. And then I lived in L.A. for about a year before uh, I came here. And so, like, the, the year living in L.A., like, I don't really... Uh, it, it kept me from, like, missing another place. I feel like if I would have moved here directly from... San Francisco, because uh, San Francisco is full of 
it's a it's a beautiful place full of shitty people, but it does have those days where you're just like you you walk out you walk the hills and it, and you're just hit with the natural beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like L.A. is just a big suburb, and L.A. is like and Fresno is like a slightly smaller suburb than that. Yeah. So it's like okay, it's this is the same thing. Yeah. No, you, you're you're completely right. There's there's no uh, better way to like realize that home was just right under your nose all the time than when you like go to LA, try to move to LA for a bit and you're just like, oh fuck, this sucks. I could see a better life somewhere. Whereas I'm I'm fucking screwed because I grew up in this cultureless fucking wasteland and uh this is this is where I will die, I guess. Have you, know? you ever not lived here? I, I, I not lived in L.A. for uh, a long time. I mean, I, I lived uh, in Santa Cruz for about four or five years uh, for school. Then I uh, lived in Oakland for a little bit. And then I lived in San Francisco for about seven years. Um, and now I'm now I'm back here in sunny Los Angeles where it's 97 degrees and I'm just sweating my balls off. I think about the unnatural or the lack of natural beauty here all the time. Yeah. You yeah, live I mean, next to, you live next to the Scientology Center? I used to. I've upgraded in my life. Right? LA has natural beauty, but it's like only for really rich people. Like it's <laughs> like if you go to the place yeah. where really rich people live, you're like, "Oh yeah, this place is actually uh very nice." But then, you know, for the rest of us, it's like, "Yeah, it's a big suburb." Yeah, no, it it really is a big suburb and it's like one of those things where um my my mom uh, because she grew up in a in a small town, she was always, you know, talking about us as like city boys, you know, the kids yeah. that she raised is like, yeah, a bunch of city boys. <laughs> and uh and I was always like, are you sure because I feel like I live in a suburb everywhere in la feels like a suburb nothing feels like hey just me in a city i'm walking here everybody is like i feel like uh, (laughs) hold on i'm listening to my block yeah i gotta (laughs) listen to the sound of my block you know it's like you know there's no uh in the heights community feeling of uh los angeles like even in the neighborhoods that we try to like ascribe uh some sort of like communal uh, feeling to like Boyle Heights or Englewood or whatnot. Everyone is still mostly alone and in their cars. Like it's <laughs> not, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I guess it's as close to community as you can get, but, uh, in LA, there's just not, it's a, it's a, it's a big giant lonely hot city that sucks. When and I, I was- can say that because I grew up here. <laughs> when I was in high school, my, my idea of what the LA hood was like. Yeah was one thing and then i saw boys in the hood yeah and they're living in the fucking it's like suburban yeah this is fucking i was like that's like where i live right no everyone's about it i don't get it yeah yeah everyone's got a front yard and stuff like that like what what made you know like in music videos and whatnot what made it like a community was like everyone hanging outside and stuff and like uh listening to music uh smoking weed and stuff and it's like yeah you, you know that that happens uh, that exists but it's not uh i don't know like it's not a city city so when i moved to san francisco it was the first time i was like oh this is like what a city is like where we're all stacked on top of each mm-hmm. other and there's a collective misery uh that we can all kind of 
I don't know, we relate to each other on a level of misery. Like, oh, it sure does mm-hmm. suck stepping in piss every day, right, guys? Yeah, let's go have a beer. Like, in L.A., it's like you've, you're you yelling to yourself in your car yeah. about stuff. That's, that's why that's, I miss New York. Yeah. I, I miss yeah, New York battling wonderful. the city with everyone else. Vince, you said the people in San Francisco are – it's a beautiful place, but the people are shitty. What kind mm-hmm. of shitty? Uh, well, so I live there, like I got uh, sort of, I, well, the classic, uh, thing to say in San Francisco is like, oh man, you should have been here five years ago, mm-hmm. which is like what people have been saying, like literally since, uh, like the fifties, like the summer of yeah. love, it was like the beats telling the hippies like, oh man, you should have been here five years <laughs> mm-hmm. ago. But even between like the late aughts to like the late 20 teens, uh, which was when I lived there, uh, like it was taken over by, uh, tech people and it was mm-hmm. just this sort of plague of like Patagonia vest uh, people. So like you'd just be, I'd be sitting in a coffee shop and then, or or a restaurant and then there'd be two like loud tech guys just talking shop where you, where you, you're forced to like listen to their awful like techie conversation. So it was a lot of that. It was a lot of like tech people talking shop and like nerds who had just gotten uh, money. And uh, I, I feel I might, position on nerds is that uh they're better when they're quiet like mm. loud nerds is like the worst <laughs> the worst oh kind. my god i make a distinction between geeks and nerds but i've never made mm. a distinction between like quiet nerds and loud nerds yeah like nerds who just got confident like two years ago because you know <laughs> yeah. they're working at some startup and that's like that was what most of San Francisco was by the time I'd left. And uh, yeah, yeah it wasn't super As a great. culture, we made a mistake of empowering nerds yeah. um, and making nerds like, oh, it's cool to be a nerd, you know, like that's and we which was uh, it seemed right at the time because it always felt like, oh, you know, nerds are always being shit on by jocks like in mm-hmm. movies and stuff. But then as soon as you give the nerds the money and the power. They're like, I will burn down an entire yep. rainforest to yep. make an app that makes people drive you to five blocks. The for- world should have asked me before they started doing that because I could have told them that empowered nerds are fascists. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah, people didn't know. I think people assumed like, oh, you know, it's these these damn bros and jocks are a bunch of, you know, they're the real, they're fascists and the right. nerds are, are anti-fascists who are like cool and what like uh, whatnot. And it's like, no, you don't understand what years <laughs> of not having sex will do to a man who's a nerd. You know, like a lot, a long time of like just resentment of women for not finding them attractive because they're nice and won't talk to you like will turn you into a fascist real fast. So you give them power and all of a sudden they're like, we need an app that, so men can only hang out with men. But I have a you question. Know? Are we making the argument that mm. absolute power corrupts absolutely? So you in empower any group, it's going to happen, like an animal farm kind of thing. Or do you feel there's something specific to nerds which makes them especially atrocious when they come to power. I well, I think that I think that nerds are especially atrocious when they come to power because <laughs> they haven't had a taste of it. So like it's like their first uh, rush of power, where like lifetime like, of maybe, resentment. Yeah, yeah, whereas like maybe like jocks and bros or whatever, like they've had a little bit of popularity before, so maybe they're like slightly more uh, chill about it. Whereas mm-hmm. nerds are like, oh my god, yeah. I'm drunk with. Uh, with power. All of a in, sudden. in my experience, like n- nerds, and and I'll make a distinction between nerds and geeks. Like when I when I think of nerds that I've known, um, 
nerds huge, I have known. Huge egos. <laughs> huge egos. Yeah. Like, so it's this thing of like, oh, yes, this person was picked on a lot and that sucks. But you don't understand that person thinks that they need to be the one doing the picking on. <laughs> Right, like yeah. right. they should be th- thought of as the boss. Yeah, I mean, as like a quasi nerd myself, I feel like uh, you know, n- nerds grow up, you know, taking like standardized tests and and getting grades that tell you that you're the best and that you're special. And so I think it's really easy to turn that into like, yes, I should be the one that is better than other people, or I should be the one that like makes decisions for other people. Well, so yeah. On my Monday show, I had Jamie Loftus, who is a comedian, and yeah. um, you know who that is. She has yeah. she does these these great podcasts. She did right now. She just did at Cast, where she's like reconsidering Kathy comics. She did Lolita. And she podcast. did the, Lo- the Lolita podcast. Yeah, yeah. she co-hosts Bechtel Cast, and then her first one was called My Year in Mensa. And as a right. writer, she took she, it was she thought she was going to get. She thought she was going to take the test to get into Mensa, the high IQ society or group. She thought she wasn't going to get in and that was going to be what she wrote about. But then she got in and she wrote this thing like, good news, guys, they allow dumb sluts in Mensa now. <laughs> and so then she like was going to infiltrate Mensa. And what she discovered was they're like pretty awful and kind of alt-right. Yeah, they're, they're Gamergate adjacent. Yeah, which is, yeah. we were talking about it on the show um i was like this is i always just assumed that mensa was like smart people having you know erudite discussions in sweaters with patches on the sleeves like i had no yeah i figured i would like them it's a safe space for ego uh egotistical nerd dudes that's why they call it mensa it's like (laughs) it's uh, like they like the idea of there being kind of a um just separation between them and the rest of society right Right. be certified yeah and it kind of makes sense that there would be this like gross racist element of it Mm-hmm. When you think about like the books like the Bell Jar, and I mean that's yes. sort of like central to Bell that curve. Bell Curve. Bell yeah, curve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sylvia Plath was just <laughs> a super white pride. So, yeah, the, thank you, Daniel. Tony. So yeah. I don't know if you guys know, but Tony is in a world famous band. He has a gold record. Nice. Um, and I I used to pretend that I didn't believe his gold record was real, but I know that it is real. He plays. You bit drum- it right. Because I, I bit it. I mm-hmm. actually had a pair you. of gold earrings, and I did bite down on them because <laughs> it, I was very, I was young. I was like thirteen, and a baby. What can was you like, tell from the? I've never understood that. Is it leave a mark? Yeah, real gold is soft, and fake gold isn't. So if you bite down on real gold, it will leave a little tooth mark. But so like, you ruined your earrings. Yes. Well, I mean, if you look closely, it was it was dumb. But um, you know, like a science. I learned something from it. Sure. Which is that I shouldn't bite down on my earrings. Don't so, bite on gold. Anyway, <laughs> yes, I did take a little nibble off Tony's gold record. Hope you don't mind. Um, so I imagine you in your music life have been around nerds or dorks or whatever we're calling them um, who su- – and I hope that doesn't sound judgmental because I myself was not some kind of popular person in high school at all. I had. You were a huge nerd. I was. A, I was pretty much a nerd, but I was a good nerd. I had no yeah. fascist leanings. I was a non-fascist nerd. All my friends were nerds. Uh, Same. Tony, have you seen nerds suddenly become popular because they're in a rock band, and how do they handle that? Hmm. 
Well, I mean, I, I think any like successful bands that I know, you know, I don't know that I knew them. You know, I met them like on tour, so I didn't like know them in high school and stuff like that. Right. So that's hard for me to answer. I can't. No one. No one comes to mind. I know that's a boring. Who was answer, the most but... fascist musician that you, <laughs> yeah. that you met? Yeah. Name names. Yeah. Which which musician did you see? And you're like, you know what? This guy would have made a great Nazi. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, name names. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, did you notice anyone who like because rock stars, I assume, um, have sex a lot with fans? Um, did you did you notice anyone who was doing that? But you're like they're doing this uh, because they're on a power trip, not because they're like for the love of the game, naturally horny. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, is there is there anyone you're like you're 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 doing rock stardom in a more misogynist way mm. than others? Right. Ah, again, I, I I feel like I need to just start making up answers because I don't have exciting answers for this stuff. Yeah, no, the answer no. is yes. And the fascists you met were the lead singer of Hoobastank. <laughs> and <laughs> no, what band were you in? I want to know. Uh, He's I still put- in the band. Uh, a band what called, band are you in? Uh, it's called Motion City Soundtrack. Oh, nice! That sounds familiar to me. What what kind of music? Uh, I always just say rock, but you know it, it, we we get lumped in with the the like pop punk world and stuff. Like okay, that. I don't. I've so never not, thought that not, like was totally accurate, but you know that's that's what not we new metal on. then. No, not I can safely say not new metal. Did you not oh. open for Hoobastank? No, I. I uh, I don't think we ever even played a festival with them. I'm trying I don't to even, think. I don't think I've ever even heard Hoobastank, and yet I feel like I probably have heard Hoobastank. Do they sound you know, like what I'm imagining they sound like? Yes. Okay. Actually, well, I, I would actually go no. I feel like they're like a little like weenier than you would expect. They, yeah, they're not as yeah. The the in terms of like names matching music, I think Mudvayne is the closest you're going to get. <laughs> Um, but Hoobastank is is we weenier. Do they sound like, like Zebrahead? Does anyone know what they sound like? Mm, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I would. I feel them. like Hoobastank is sort of like like either like Incubus or Linkin Park with just like a dash of uh, Train. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> what do I we know. all think of uh, of New Durst? Oh yeah, he looks oh, like it's, it's a wig, wig right? He... That's been my thing. Like that's a wig, right? It's got to be because it, so. it looks. I like thought he was bald back in the day. Are they on a tour? Why? Like, why are there so many suddenly so many playing, pictures of Fred Durst going around? They're they, playing Lollapalooza. Yeah. Lollapalooza, um, which is like I didn't even know. Like, it, I didn't know they were on the bill. I I don't. I didn't even see the poster for Lollapalooza uh, come out until like it just the festival happened this weekend. So I I didn't know that they were one of the headliners or. Reunion band was going on still. Lollapalooza. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, me and Matt had a fight about the Woodstock '99 documentary where we did. Matt doesn't think that uh, Limp Bizkit should be blamed for the riots. Goddamn and, right. Uh, and I think they should be blamed a little bit for the riots. Yeah. What happened? Well, I mean, you know, he they said break stuff. They did the song break stuff, and you know, Woodstock '99. There was like a riot. You, you know, I it just remember that. Yeah, it was like a day of like, you know, it was three days of like fire and people passing out and like and th- there was that sec- had no water. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah, there's no water. Uh, and was it muddy. 
No, that was Woodstock 94. There was mud in Woodstock 99, but a lot of that was due to water. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. a, a septic they, they turned tank. over all the porta potties. Yeah, oh, you, literally, the... you literally said doo doo water. I thought you said due to water. It was due no, to no, water. No, no, due to water. <laughs> oh, like one what I'm was... going to put on my plants. Exactly, yep. exactly. Um, but they put it all over their skin and stuff, which is. Which is not good, but yeah. So the Fred Durst thing in the documentary, I I felt like you to blame the bands for the fact that the festival was organized shittily um, is is nonsense. And uh, and Vince believes that too, but there's a little bit of a contrarian in him who's just like, well, no, Fred Durst sucks. Does, yeah, yeah. Well, you're saying like it didn't matter the types of crowd that those bands attracted, and I'm like, eh. I feel like Limp Bizkit attracting yeah. a certain crowd had 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 some effect. Well, I mean, Fred Durst now looks like he's going for um, like he looks like Julian Assange, um, and and I'm not really sure why he decided to do like a an all white Hogan and a, a a gray wig. It's uh, it's very strange. But to me, he looks like an understudy doing like a Mark Twain presents or something. Oh yeah, he does. He does look like Mark Twain a little or bit. Or Michael McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> I, Tony, I have so another weird. question for you. You um, posted <clears throat> a story, which I thought was really good, where you said you were literally begging people to get vaccinated because mm. you have tours coming up and you're afraid they're going to get canceled. Um, yeah. What is the chatter among you guys about, like, what are the chances of it potentially getting canceled? Like, the pictures from Lollapalooza, as someone so who nice. was, I, yeah. I was feeling, I've, I've, I've uh, recounted this on the show before, but. I was feeling good. We were back to in-person podcasts. You and I, sworn enemies, were talking about how great it was to be in person again. We, Daniel and I were going out. I was like, I wasn't feeling like I needed a mask all the time. And now after our scare where we were exposed to someone who was exposed, but we're mm-hmm. okay. Um, and But just hearing about how much it's like how many vaccinated people are getting sick. And the Delta is Delta variant is so contagious. I am now going like I feel like I'm regressing and I'm feeling like I I need to be doing remotes again. And I don't know. I don't really know where I am. I'm just confused. Seeing those pictures of Lollapalooza, though, those people were like packed in like salamanders. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, where (laughs) what what's the chatter, Tony? I mean, to be honest, I haven't heard a ton of actual chat. I think everyone is remaining hopeful and just trying Mm -hmm. to think positive i think but i will fully admit and that's why i posted that yesterday is because i'm it's it's been in the back of my mind always ever since the tour got announced and any shows have been announced that like between now and then something's gonna happen and stuff's gonna get canceled and i i'm i don't want that to happen obviously like i'm kind of freaking out about that because you know i've i've really realized in this last year and a half like how much performing does for me like mm-hmm. yeah. just like how much i truly get out of it and it just like makes me a happier person overall and it's really been a big struggle and uh so i'm just personally terrified of what's going on and so many people unvaccinated but then also there's you know all these breakthrough cases happening which i know is going to happen. I know the vaccine is not 100%, but there do seem to be... I actually now have just found out about a couple of people that I know that are vaccinated 
have yeah. just gotten it. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. What are your shows? Happen. What are yeah. the shows, Tone? Well, the tour isn't until January, but I am supposed to play a couple festivals in September. Um, and the, which one of which is Chicago, uh, the Riot Fest. And that's pretty I mean, how gigantic. hard would it be? How hard would it be to postpone it a few months? Because there's talk amongst Tony, the, can you uh, postpone epidemi- Riot Fest? <laughs> I'll, I'll make a call. I'll call Johnny the, Riot. The- <laughs> but, but your own shows, like the epidemiologists say there's going to be a third booster, but probably not till winter. So it might be just like give it a a few more months. You might be okay. Hopefully, I just say I, mean, I just say show up, do the show. COVID's not real. Yeah, just, <laughs> a sign that says no sheep allowed. Yeah, no yeah. sheep allowed. Only unvaccinated allowed at this rock yeah. fest. Um, you know, just go full right wing with it. You know, because <laughs> they see, they seem to be having a grand old time. That's a lot the of them are is. dying, but the ones that are living, they're having a great time. Yeah. All right. I need to talk to you guys for a moment about Olive in June, but then, because I'm afraid I'm going to forget, here's the things we got to talk about when I come back. Matt, you're doing shows. I want to hear about that. And then yeah. also, since we mentioned Lollapalooza, we need to talk about Perry Farrell's uh, new face that has not gotten enough attention. <laughs> and then maybe I'll share a deep thought. Um, okay. So, uh, and by the way, people who are watching this on Patreon, you can see on the video that I'm holding up my Olive and June manicure kit. It is so cool. It, they, it's like all the stuff you need to make a salon quality manicure at home. And I have this pink box and I'm holding up a little bag that has all these manicure essentials. And then look at all the nail polishes that are in there. Um, I gave myself a pedicure and I'm not going to hold my feet up to the camera. But it was very easy, and they that cost extra. Good. That's right, and I can't. I'm going to do my nails next, and I'm going to. I already know what color I'm going to use. I'm going to use pink sands. Um, I had seen Olive and June on social media, and I was intrigued. And uh, it is. I am. I'm super into this. Olive and June nail polishes last seven plus days. They do not chip. They the base coat is built into the polish. They have this great brush, which is instead of being rounded, it's it's flat. Um, so it makes like it makes covering your whole nail with the brush super easy. Uh, and then they have this thing called the poppy, which is like this little rubber handle that fits on the polishes, so that you can you have better. Um, dexterity with your non-dominant hand that's really the thing that like puts it over the edge it makes it so easy uh and like what else did i have do i have the the nail clippers the file the um brush for cleaning up special cuticle serum it's all so so great and it's just great self-care Getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true with Olive and June. Your new nail life is here. Visit oliveandjune.com slash best friend and use code best friend for 20% off your first Manny system. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. That's Olive and June, O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash best friend. Code best friend for 20% off your first Manny system. Oliveandjune.com slash best friend. Friend code best friend. I also we were talking about dogs earlier. Well, I want to tell you about my favorite dog DNA breed and health kit, and that is Embark. It is a DNA test. It's like the I think it's the most thorough one 
on the market because I have a friend who did two different types and Embark went into deta- way more detail and knew way more about the dog. It's just a cheek swab, so it's very easy to do. We did it with Wendy. She's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. So there was no surprise in terms of what she was. I would have been surprised if it turned out she was like 2%, you know, Pekingese or something. But she was all Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. But they also go into what potential genetic diseases she might be at risk for. Thankfully, she wasn't at risk for those. And it's just great info that you can give to your vet. Um, and then now I'm connected with other people who have relatives of hers. You can like opt into to that element of it. And so periodically I get an email saying like, oh, a new relative of Wendy's is, you know, has is on Embark. And then we communicate and it's super fun. And I even made a bio for her. Uh, so people can know about her. Learn your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Right now, Embark has an offer on their breed and health kit for our listeners. Go to EmbarkVet.com um, to get free shipping and save $50 off your Embark breed and health kit with promo code BESTFRIEND. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code BESTFRIEND to save $50 today. Okay, Matt. Um, so you've been doing comedy shows in clubs and things. How, how's that feeling? Um, well, it's been very nice to be back out there. I was at the punchline in, uh, San Francisco, uh, about a week ago. Um, and that was a lot of fun to be, you know, back clubs were opened up again. Everyone was inside. It was great. Um, and, um, I also started a, a weekly show in Los Angeles at a restaurant called Nosa, uh, every Thursday at 9 p.m. So uh, get your tickets online. Um, but uh, I will say that it is in between the time where I did the punchline and our very first Gnosis show, um, uh, the variant started popping off like mm-hmm. crazy. I actually got a call uh, from a venue that I had uh, another venue that I had done comedy in. Uh, they called me to tell me um, – while I was on my way back home, hey, so uh, one of our staff just uh, tested positive oh, no. uh, for the variant. So get yourself a test. So that kind of sucked. I had to go get myself a test. I have another test um, coming up uh, on Wednesday. And it's just like you can just kind of tell that like audiences are are starting to, the, you know, they, they were really packed for the first few months of opening. Everyone was so excited to be back out but now audiences are getting timid again people are staying in and uh which is why i really need you to buy tickets to the happies <laughs> every thursday yeah the happies comedy yeah my sister has been mm-hmm. nervous about the variant like this entire time like yeah. during the time that daniel and i were out there having play dates yep. um with the kids uh, <laughs> we uh-huh. we don't just have play days ourselves um you sure. know during the time we were living our lives th- for that whole time i think my sister was worried and now her fears have sort of come to fruition in that i do think now vaccinated people do need to be on guard but i feel like she missed out she could have had a few months of living it exactly up. exactly that's kind of what happened as soon as everything started opening up. There were select people in my life who were like, I don't know about all this. Seems a little premature. And like intellectually, I was like, yeah, you're probably right about that. 
but I'm being told by the CDC and, you know, by whatever, uh, people that we spent a year going, listen to the scientists. And I'm like, for right now, even though they're probably lying in order to get commerce going again, they're telling us uh, to go outside and have fun again. And I'm just going to allow myself to enjoy that Mm -hmm. until the moment at which we find out it was a huge, huge mistake. Yeah. and, And that moment's here, right? Yeah, it seems like it's here now. I yes, I felt in Vince Mancini-able. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> with my vaccine, yeah. And now I'm I'm feeling less so. Yeah, I know. Especially since I I also know a few people who were uh, break breakout or breakthrough, breakthrough yeah. cases. Um, and uh, the only like solace that I've taken in so far is that uh people uh have not been hospitalized everyone i know who's gotten the variant and you mm-hmm. know from a from a uh, breakthrough case um was either asymptomatic or like had very few symptoms for a couple of days and were fine right yeah they, yeah. they say that it's still lo- you know the vaccine is still the uh really good against uh, good at keeping you from the hospital but the more i read about long covid yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Which you now. can still get if you get it. That's almost scarier to me. Like, yeah. I don't, By I the know. way, I know that there are people who are going to be like, "I'm tired of hearing about COVID," and I get that. Yeah. Um, I see you. I hear you. I hold. <laughs> you space, are valid. I hold space for your negative feelings about this particular conversation. However, I just personally need to have this conversation we can do five minutes on the global pandemic yeah. that's currently yeah. raging because the it's world. so like, at it's the okay, forefront of minutes. my mind and in impacting my decision making process so much that I, I like to compare notes with people yeah yeah i mean same here and and i understand being tired of talking about it i'm tired of it too i think everyone is tired of it there's nobody no, around it. yeah it was just like i'm looking for more covid content you know it's like no we're all tired of it we're also you know, we're also back to, you know, doing your podcast, uh, you know, know, through Zoom. So, you know, it's not like it, we're, it's not a topic of conversation. And also, it's nice to vent about it because I'm very annoyed. You know, I, I feel the same way that you do, Tony, where I'm just like, I just, I just really am fearful that there's going to be another shutdown. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping not. And I would just love it if people would just please get vaccinated yell at your parents but do it in a nice way i don't know what works i know i know like i don't yeah i don't know what does anything work at this point if they're not if they haven't done it by now like what's what's it gonna take that's what the hard i don't know but it's like you know just do do, everyone just do do your best because uh i i know there's people out there who are also just like well if you're worried about it still then what's the point it's like no the point is is that you know that we're probably not going to die from it. And we're also probably not going to get long COVID from it because of the fact that we're vaccinated. So just do yourself and everyone a favor and just fucking get vaccinated. Yeah. For the here, love here. of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you guys host a podcast, Pod Yourself a Gun, that I was a guest on. And that got me back into finishing Sopranos. Nice. And now Daniel and I are, Daniel's seen it. Mm, many times or once uh i i've seen the first three seasons multiple times and i'm realizing i only saw the sixth season once wait yeah. tony will you play tv yeah. time 
We are two episodes away from the very, very end. Wow. Mm-hmm. Almost oh, there. I know. So bittersweet when that happens. I know. Yeah. I kind of want to like stretch it out. Um, we saw an episode last night. I feel like it's okay to do spoilers, right? Yes. Well, it's been it, 20 yeah. years. Okay. If you don't want any Sopranos spoilers, just skip ahead because we're going to spoil. Wait, so well, Al, Al, did you say small- you've never seen it, Allison? I had never seen it all the way through. Okay. Um, I started, I didn't watch it when everyone watched it, when it was on. Um, and then a handful of years ago, I started watching it because Daniel had all the DVDs. And I, we got, but he didn't have season five, right? I think yep. he didn't have, so I got, oh. I got through season four. So then when I was booked on Pod Yourself a Gun, it was season five, episode two. So Daniel and I went back and rewatched season four, and then I've been watching ever since. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I so these this is, these are first first viewings for me. Mm. Um, it's it's not really spoilable. I don't think yeah. the Sopranos yeah. is spoilable. So, it's not like you find out one twist and you're like, ah, oh, this whole incredibly right. nuanced show is ruined. Right. Now. Right. So last right. night we saw the episode where he curb stomps Coco. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. disturbing. I Daniel yeah. and I had a conversation about why that was so dist- it's just the brutality of it, I think. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's also um it, it's almost surreal. It's one of the more surreal scenes in the Sopranos mm-hmm. um because he also he gets one of Coco's teeth stuck in, in his like pant the, leg, yeah. Yeah, the cuff of his pant leg and it's like usually when you're seeing um disembodied Coco. Disembodied mean, teeth. No, yeah, it's Coco. This is season six, Vince. Okay, season six. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, you, you, I don't you remember haven't... that so well. Yeah, you haven't gotten there yet. Whereas yeah. I rewatch The Sopranos every other month, so <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, uh, every time you usually see like disembodied teeth in The Sopranos, it's like in a dream sequence. It's usually him spitting out teeth or pulling uh-huh. out teeth. So yeah, it's very disturbing. Oh, very look disturbing. at that! I didn't realize that teeth was an ongoing symbol. Yeah, it's a motif. <laughs> mo- <laughs> mo- motif. motif. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. I wasn't tracking that particular motif, but I, I think because yeah. they they don't try to over dramatize violence, which makes it land better. You know, yeah. like a lot of the violence is still slapsticky. Like they'll 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 find the comedy of. Uh, death scenes and it'll make it uh, it'll make it scarier because it feels real in that way yeah yeah definitely I think also by this point in the show uh, Chase and the writers are making a deliberate attempt to not uh, make it seem sexy in any way mm-hmm. yeah you know, there's like a there's definitely a turn uh, um, I think maybe like right before season five I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. maybe right where you could tell that Chase is disgusted with half of the fan base. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. That's like, and, yeah, that's such a key part of his appeal that he's kind of a curmudgeonly old bastard. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. He's, like, you, he's like, I hate you for liking this guy, and I hate you for uh, wanting violence, so I'm going to give it to you in a way that turns your stomach. Right. Either, either turns your stomach or is uh, oafish and silly. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, they do a good job. I think like throughout the entire series, they do a pretty good job of not making violence uh, look cool so much as, um, you know, look kind of like either like lame or utilitarian. There's a lot of like people like there's a lot of, you know, there's Tony punches, uh, beats the shit out of someone and barfs one time, you know, there's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, he's, uh, he's not meant to be cool, you know, but yeah. yet there is this contingent of Sopranos fan who was like, Oh, I like it. Cause the mafia does shoot guns. It does violence. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like clumsy still. I think early game of Thrones did that well too, where, yeah. You know, like the standard is people that are like really good at like swords and doing, you know, samurai shit. And then Game of Thrones was like, oh, no, it's just like a big uh, asshole in a metal suit just bashing things with a <laughs> giant metal stick. And it was like, right. yeah, that's probably how it was. That's probably yeah. much more accurate. There's yeah. there's violence throughout the show, though. And we lose characters that we care about. And Coco's not one of them. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to figure out why that scene in particular was like made me feel so awful um like unsettled disturbed and like like almost traumatized is too big of a i'm a very sensitive person traumatized is too sure. big of a word but i did have that feeling of like i didn't consent to view that and i <laughs> and i knew it was coming too because i had come across it on like reddit or i don't know where i come up yeah daniel yeah. has given me explicit uh direction to not read up not read theories and stuff so maybe it wasn't reddit i don't know where i found it but i did know it was coming but i don't know yeah. i think it might just be the the nature of that particular crime or i mean that it's epi- the first time i've ever seen someone uh curb stomped to a degree whereas like even in the the curb stomping that happens in uh american, american history x yeah yeah in american history x it's like you they do this like wide shot where right. you actually see the foot land and, uh-huh. and whatnot, but you don't see like uh, when he curb songs uh, Coco, it's like you you get to see the teeth mashing, <laughs> which is a very like that's a very like uh, I don't know viscerally. And you see uh, him place his disturbing. head at all. Yeah, I, don't know. I yeah. Bet, I, maybe it's just there's something to me very very disturbing about like create. It's why the Holocaust is extra disturbing. Like there's something right. upsetting, extra upsetting about creative ways to do violence. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like the tried and true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's not, you know? you know, get fancy with the violence. Yeah, just normal ways of killing people, yes. like drowning them, mm-hmm. uh, sticking them with a sharp pointy thing, or uh, sh- shooting them with a sniper rifle. You know, from like right. a wa- uh, far away. Timeless. Classic. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part of it too is just it seems like like of all the ways someone could fuck you up, it seems like one of the worst. It's extra cruel too because yeah. it's like not yeah. only Blunt did you get your ass trauma. kicked. Yeah. Yeah. You got your ass kicked and you got to like go to the dentist a bunch cuz there's not you got to get a bunch of new teeth. Yeah. You know? If you live. I don't even right. know if Coco lived he through does. that. He does. He must yeah. have lived. Uh, there's a character who later says you almost killed him. Right. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah. All right. On to less gory. <laughs> we don't normally things. talk about curbs. No, stomping. I know we don't. I feel like I got to give a warning because people come here for something light <clears throat> and pleasant, but also honest and true and real. 
I uh, saw Tony's face. He just got like a childlike glee when we started about started talking about curb stomping. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's because he's filled with quiet rage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Tony, have you ever killed a man? Like, I'm not. I cannot speak about that right now. <laughs> See, that's not a no. I don't feel reassured. All right, I believe Vince has a hey go fuck yourself. Ooh. Oh yeah, I do. Let's yeah. hear about it. Uh, I mean, it's going to be like the most white person hey go fuck yourself because uh, it's it's the pool guy because uh you know one of the perks of moving to fresno is that now i have a pool guy and uh you got to start off by saying hey pool guy i remember no, the rules he does that at the yeah, end it's at the end yeah. it's at oh the end. shit i fucked Man, it up all right suck. hang on let me explain because i don't know how much we clean this up i mean this is this will stay in but on the, usually this comes up on the monday shows i think we leave it in mostly but it is an ongoing thing that we do hey go fuck yourself and then uh the person doesn't quite know how to set it up because i have neglected to tell them exactly how so each time is new and different so it, it hit it vince <laughs> right okay well so you know we have a pool guy who does the pool stuff he knows he knows all the chemicals and and he has the scooper and all that kind of thing <laughs> um we, we only moved in like less than a year ago so I, I i don't know all the ins and outs of pool ownership yet so i just mostly knew that there was a guy that uh, makes the pool water stay blue mm-hmm. yeah. and uh we went on vacation uh to my wife's family's house my uh, wife my wife <laughs> Sorry. That's that's the thing we do on the show too. Uh, <laughs> in Montana and we were there. We were there for like 10 days and like on day 3 our pool guy texted us and was like he basically texted us quitting saying oh, no. like hey, I'm not going to be your pool guy anymore. Like chlorine's too expensive, blah blah blah, which was weird number 1. And then by the time we got back, the pool was like fully green, like fully <sighs> like Ugh. uh you know, like a dragonfly breeding uh pond in the backyard. So, uh, yeah, and I don't know if he knew that he'd screwed something else up and wanted to get out of Dodge before uh, he had to take responsibility for it, which is what I suspect happened. Yeah, there's no way it turned green that fast. Right, and so we ended up having to try and find a new pool person who had to, like, drain the entire pool. Oh, uh, wow. new water in it, yeah. Okay, so now you go, hey, pool guy. so, So, hey, pool guy. Hey, hey. Go fuck yourself. Um, yeah, I have a that lot. Felt, that was really gratifying. Cathartic, right? For yeah. all of us. I have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew you were out of town for 10 days? I don't know if he knew that we were out of town. I'm not sure. How often does he come? He comes once a week. Once a week. So in like the less than a week that after he quit, uh, it turned green. No. And had to no. be drained. No, he showed up and he saw it had turned green. He messed something up and he wanted to pretend like it wasn't his fault. That's exactly what happened. Because yeah. I think if it really were that chlorine was too expensive, then he would say, I have to Just raise the on. rate. Yeah, he would raise the rate. There's this thing called uh, cyanuric acid, which uh, I, I assume they're supposed to manage the levels of that. But like at a certain, at a too high level of cyanuric acid, the chlorine stops working. Mm. So I think he was like uh, using all this chlorine on the pool because he hadn't managed the acid level. And so at a certain point, it doesn't matter how much chlorine you put in it anymore. It's just green and gross and you can't manage huh. it anymore. And uh, yeah, and so he just bailed out of that one. Wow. Damn. What about salt water? 
What's that? What about salt water? Uh, yeah, you have to get like a whole new like filter system for that. Oh. I would like to do that at some point. What is having a pool like? I've never had a pool, but in my fantasies, <laughs> I do have one. Uh, it was great. So uh, when I was a kid, uh, we had an above ground pool just to tell you how white trash I was. Nice. Um, one too. And- great. Yeah. Great trash. Nice doughboy. We'd get the wetsuits on and like patch it by hand with like little bike uh <laughs> bike tire patches. Um so yeah, my dream as a child was always to have like a in-ground pool like the like the rich folk had. Yeah. And, cool uh, and, as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah, and uh you know, summer started, it's like 100 degrees for like 30 days plus here and i was uh i'd switched my exercising to swimming laps in our pool it was pretty great and then i came back and uh didn't want to didn't want to go in that pool anymore but it was great what happens if you go in the green pool with the dragonflies like what's the worst that could happen probably i don't know i i doubt it i would have like died or anything it just doesn't it doesn't look appealing yeah but i mean if you if you if if as long as you don't turn into like some sort of like toxic you know or whatever it looks it's scary because you can't see the bottom and i also oh yeah that's so, bad so no, another story that may contribute to my uh fear of this is uh one of my best friends he had brought his uh his now wife who was just his girlfriend at the time to meet his now parents wife. for the first time <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad you did it she's got it she's got it she's got the hang of it um so he brought his then girlfriend to meet his family for the first time and they and his parents have like a hot tub and uh and like they'd had some like it was like thanksgiving dinner or something and they were like oh let's go i'll get in the hot tub and she went out to go get in the hot tub and she put uh, and she got in first and she felt something like brush against her uh leg and she's like what is that and uh the jets were on so they couldn't see and my friend had to reach into the hot tub and he discovered that the family dog had <gasps> drowned in the hot tub oh and was God. like underneath the bubbles when they got in it. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> horrible. This is a horrible story. I thought it was going to be a lizard or something. <laughs> or a frog. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> or a sweater. Oh my God. <laughs> Someone yeah. played taps again. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. How did the family dog die in the hot tub? Was it I guess she got. Oh my god! This is she got in and she was kind of old and couldn't get out. I guess and then yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Wait, who did this happen to? Uh, One of my good friends, the guy who officiated my wedding. Did he include that? (laughs) No. I I can't remember if we talked about it at his wedding, but uh, I'm pretty (laughs) sure we did. Oh my god, that's so upsetting. I am so so sorry for them. Yeah. Did you have back and forth with the pool guy? Um, no, like, well, you basically he quit and then we sent a few angry texts and got no response. And that was basically, so it. he did it via text. Yeah. Oh, he well, I mean, we were out of, we were out of town too. So yeah, but he, it's a cell phone. He could have called you. Sure. Yeah. He, for sure. He made it green somehow. I blame him. Was he hot? Uh, you know, pool guys are like, they, they do have like a hot surfer guy vibe as a, as a group, all the pool guys that I've seen. (laughs) Yeah. And he did So he was hot. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was like hot. He's definitely like a young surfer guy. Yeah. You see, yeah. He wasn't not hot. I'll say that. Okay. All right. That's cool. I mean, I, I don't know why that matters to me, but it just (laughs) like, there's part of me that wants to know 
if like you know maybe his purpose there like he doesn't know how to clean pools right, right, right. and he was he just, just like <laughs> he's just like waiting for like emily to make the first move and she wasn't doing it and then she was just getting more and more pregnant and he's like what the fuck this you know <laughs> yeah you know every day yeah. i come every week i come i pretend to put chemicals in the pool i'm not doing shit this is baking soda and i try to like <laughs> catch a look from emily but she's too busy like you know taking you know vitamins and working out and stuff <laughs> she's not giving me the time of day he um, wasn't getting a vibe he, he wasn't left. getting a, he wasn't getting a vibe and so he's like i gotta move on you know i can't i can't afford not to fuck a housewife <laughs> maybe that was it could be yeah is it your wife's fault maybe yeah i definitely blame her a little bit partly (laughs) for this (laughs) how did you find him on the internet we just inherited him inherited him he was the pool guy who was taking care of the pool when we bought the house and he was like hey i can keep taking care of the pool and we thought well that sounds like a good idea do you think he was sleeping with the old owner of the house yes why did they sell I don't know. They were older. I don't know. I don't know Doesn't if matter. there was a family here before or if it was just a man. I know there was a man that lived here who was a real estate agent. I don't know if he had a whole family or not. All right. Changes my theory to think maybe he's trying to fuck you instead, but my theory kind of remains the same. Sure. He was just trying to fill out the vibe. I, I like to think, though, that he broke up the previous family that lived there and that that's kind of his thing he's actually like 200 years old he's just been doing this <laughs> forever yeah. he, he's under some sort of like spell that keeps him young the bonds yeah, i tried to go to and the your office wife were too strong. and it was it was like a wiener schnitzel now and they're like oh there hasn't been a pool office here for <laughs> 10 years it's just the shining but it's, it's just a <laughs> suburban house in fresno <laughs> yeah um, so I would like to say hello and welcome to some new patrons. I mentioned before I'm on Patreon or all sorts of fun Patreon. stuff Patreon. on there. And if you sign up for an annual subscription, you get two months free. So that's 12 that's months for the price of 10. It is a good deal. Let's do it. Allison wants to say thank you to a couple of special people out there. All right. Vince and Matt give their patrons mafia names, which is such a good idea. Um, I just say their name, although when Wendy and Dave are here, they put their names into a song. So anyway, hello and welcome to Liz, to Mickey Kelly, to Ricky Powell, Shannon Stokes, uh, upped her subscription to annual Lee McKeemum. McKeeman, excuse me, Lee McKeeman signed up for an annual subscription. Rebecca Green increased her annual pledge. And I would also like to welcome David uh, Fippen and Vicki Mallon signed up for an annual subscription. Oh, and Stephanie Ford, welcome. I hope all of you guys love it. I hope you enjoy being, and this is what I've decided to call you, friends with benefits. So I've been looking mm. for a good name for them. Friends with benefits. Like there it. you go. Um, Lee McKeeman, I hardly know him. <laughs> that's the kind of shit you can expect uh for eight dollars a month on the (laughs) patreon that we do (laughs) um you guys thank you so much for joining maybe we should do like one or two just me or everyone's let's do that sometimes i ponder on something i have thought or done is it just me or everyone 
Okay, this is a segment where people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me or everyone? Uh, and then we we weigh in. So Megan says, just me or everyone. A couple years ago, before boarding my flight, they asked me if I would agree to help in case of emergency because I was sitting in an exit aisle, and I said no. Has anyone else said no? Feel like I could have just said yes and moved on, but I didn't want the responsibility. <laughs> I I always say yes. Yeah, I just say I don't even I'm like barely paying attention to them and I say yes, but I respect uh her decision to actually take it seriously. Yeah. They did move her. Um I say yes and then when they're going through their spiel, I like pay extra attention cuz I'm like I might be called upon mm-hmm. to serve. Yeah. <laughs> I I always say yes to um but I you know, I need the exit row. I think if I were cuz I'm 6'6 six, six, and the exit row is the only row that uh, my legs can fit in, in like, you know, in economy class. Um, so I have no choice but to say yes. And, you know, if I were like, maybe if I were five, six or something, I might be more honest about it and be like, I can't handle this responsibility. But I, I'm kind of, I'm stuck. I have to do it. Wait, so are you yes. saying you can't handle the responsibility, but you, you're going to sit there anyway? I mean, yeah, I definitely can't handle the responsibility. If if it actually happened, if there was like a plane crash and there was a water landing and they were like, okay, we need you to like open the door, I'd be like, okay, you guys will do a better job at this. And I think we all know it. Like at this point, you're just looking for a reason to move people out of the seat. That's why you asked the question. Um, but yeah, you could I mean, do how, m- how many times in world history has there been like a plane crash where someone manning the exit door had to do something there's what there was like sully right and then that's pretty much it right that's it was never, just ever sully. happened before just that was, one yeah no i mean it's just it's a I, that's why you say yes anyways because you're like well let's be real if there's a plane crash and there's like a water landing and if i if i didn't feel like i could handle the responsibility i would just fake a concussion <laughs> <laughs> so when you have ki- when you fly with kids on a plane you can't sit mm. in the exit row Ugh. Well, that, that's one just other a, thing that they ruin. That's just, <laughs> yeah. It's another reason for me to, you know, never have kids, you know, just keep that exit row going. Yeah. Live that. I, I like, I like the responsibility. And then I, I like, I let the power go to my head and, uh, fascist nerd. Yeah, exactly. Start like if there's a bribes. situation in which All right, I hot like, chicks first, <laughs> only the hot chicks, big zungas. I start exit explaining to other people on the plane about what they should and shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Just like, hey, lady, looks like you got your own flotation device. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sarah Hersey, 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 Hersey says, nothing makes me feel quite as gross as how frequently I find myself cleaning my AirPods. Oh, yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah I, I'm there. I wear earplugs at night. Because uh-huh. Daniel likes to snore. Not true. He doesn't like to. He has to. He has to. Say. Like how you have to sit in an exit row. Daniel has to snore, and our dog yeah. Wendy has to snore along with him. So, yeah. um, oh my God, Daniel. I wish I had taken a picture. This morning, you were sleeping on the pillow, and then Wendy had her head next to yours, but she was like upside down. It, you guys were like yin and yang. Oh. <laughs> it was so cute. Uh, just the two of you guys snoring away. So anyway, I wear earplugs, but and then I'll take them out and leave them on my nightstand. And uh, our son Owen like loves to play with the earplugs, so he'll grab them and carry them around the house. And then I always feel very embarrassed if like they're if they're not in pristine 
condition, which they never... I just... I was going to say if they have earwax on them, but I don't even want to admit that I can be that gross. No, yeah. The, I get... So I also wear uh, earplugs. Those have earwax. My yeah. earbuds are just... Uh, they're disgusting, and and I I try to like clean them as as much as I can, but uh, I'm really only doing it for show. It's really for other people in case anyone ever saw it. I would <laughs> want to, you know. But me personally, I'm like, uh, it's just going back in my ear, anyways. I'm not putting it in my mouth. So you clean them out in public? Do you do like a little pinky to make it? Oh, really I would fancy never clean it. Clean the earwax out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would never do it in public because I'm not a monster, but I, uh, yeah, no, I, I usually take like, um, I have a Q-tip and then I also have like the end of a push pin, you know what I mean? Uh, and then I, because uh, th- that's how you really can scrape all the gunk mm. out. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a happy medium in terms of like the amount of earwax you leave on your earbuds because like you you want, don't want visible earwax in case anyone sees it and thinks yeah. you're really gross but you want a little bit so that they slide in and out easily cuz oh. i wear the ones oh, yeah. i wear the ones with the little rubber tips on them cuz i yeah. have giant ear holes and i need yeah. the big rubber things that go in there yeah. and if they're if my ears and the and the tips are too clean then like the rubber part will stick in my ear and then i'll lose the little rubber thing i've had to buy new rubber things because like i lose the little rubber piece that goes in there and wait the rubber piece will just stay in your ear and you won't know for days or like i'll put it in when i'm sleep sometimes i put my headphones on uh when i'm sleeping too same and uh yeah and so sometimes they'll like the 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 uh rubber part will come off yeah uh, of the headphone and then it'll just like be buried in my bed somewhere yeah and that's no fun that's not fun i never thought of earwax as your ears natural lube it is Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. tony do you wear fancy drummer things that get nasty uh during shows yeah in your monitors yeah they get Uh super gross yeah and then the the yeah, because they're molded like specifically for my ears, and then they have little tiny holes in them, and those holes, and like yeah, I have to keep them clean because those holes will literally get plugged up with wax sometimes. Gross. Can you use them as headphones? Yeah, they're not do you? super. I I do sometimes, but they they're not very comfortable for long periods of time. Oh, okay. okay. Like on a flight yeah. or something, if you're like several hours, like they start to get pretty uncomfortable after a while. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. What I ha- ear- Earwax-wise, what I have found, and I believe that we really dug into this, no pun, with Rory Scovel years ago on the show, but I can have a sensation. I, I know you're not supposed to put Q-tips in your ear, but we all do, right? Yeah, can- that's what you do. I don't know what you're supposed to do with them then. Why invent them? Yes. <laughs> the box is hilarious because it says, for a variety of uses, and nowhere on the box <laughs> does it describe the one use everyone uses it for. Yeah. yeah, you can use it to clean things. Um, then, you know, so my there's a huge chasm between what I expect to see on the Q-tip and what is actually there. Like I can feel, like yes. I'll have a sensation of like, oh, this one's gonna, this is this one's this real. one's gonna be a big one. You and can here, feel here it. it comes, like, yeah, and then it'll be clean versus yes. like when I feel like there's nothing and it's like, oh, mother load. Yeah, yeah. You feel like there's a clump yeah. and you're excited about it. Yep. I don't know what that is, but there's a weird excitement. That's or just like, me or everyone, and that's everyone, yeah. Everyone. You just like, please be a clump because you yeah. want to mm-hmm. get it out and mm-hmm. you want to be like, ah, you know, there's something about it that just feels it's like relaxing. A, it's like a pimple. I mean, you go to pop yeah. it and then nothing comes out. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah, because yeah. then you just made it worse. 
Yeah, you, know? you you pop it and it's just blood, and then you're like, oh shit, that was a mole. You hear of those people that get their ear canals cleaned out? You get, and I get jealous. Yeah, I know. Like, oh yes. my god, I bet you hear so well right now. Yeah, it's I want to like, see the chunks coming out of my ears. <laughs> I do. I I want to see that. Is what one of the things that pisses me off about uh, uh, ear candles. Mm. Is that it's like this entire grift, uh, like where they're basically making money off of the fact that we all want to see the gunk out yeah. of the ear, and then you burn it, and it's just like it's it's a trick. It's like it makes it look like look at all the wax it pulled out. But, but if you just burn one wax, of those, right? Yeah, it's just candle wax. It's just candle wax. But they make you believe that it like used science of fire to suck out, you know, of your the toxins. Ear wax. The have toxins, you, exactly. Have you guys ever mm-hmm. neti potted? Oh yeah, I never not have. on my ears. No, sorry. <laughs> we're moving on to a different hole in our face. Oh yeah, uh, I, I neti pot on the reg. Oh really? I, I've never yeah. done it. I'm. I don't like the sensation of things going in my nose. No, me neither. Yeah, I've never. It just does it work for you. It works great. Yeah, it gets all the. I mean, maybe see- it's a Fresno thing that you wake up with, like you know gross boogers every morning but uh yeah you get that neti pot boogers go away happy nice. happy nose what wh- i mean I, that's nice why is it a fresno thing is there a special booger uh, we have we have gene- bad air and a dry climate mm. and everyone there's snorting meth yeah that too yeah well you got to get the meth boogers out tony yeah. have you neti potted no never have yeah, I feel like it. I, I imagine that it would be like snorting pool water up your nose. Yeah, it doesn't but seem pleasant. Is it like that? Does it hurt? No, I mean it's definitely weird at first. You're definitely putting like salt water. Where does the there. water go? Does it go uh, down your throat or it goes through the in? Uh, it, so, right, so they, you can do it. So it just goes in one nostril and then it pours out the other one. How's that Although, possible? Don't you need a deviated septum to do that? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Although when my like sister-in-law does it, she does it where she kind of sucks it back into her throat to get it all the way through. I don't no, no, do no. it. I don't love to do it that way, but uh, you definitely can, and it uh, gets up. How does it not there. hurt? Yeah, it I I just took a shower. I got some water up my nose, and my sore was throat for like twenty minutes. Yeah, but you have a thing with that. Like you don't even you eat with your mouth open because you're afraid you're gonna. Uh, I'm afraid I'm gonna choke. Die. Yeah. yeah. Wait, really? That's true. Yeah, I got I got a whole. I mean, I try not to eat in public, um, but uh, he eats like yeah. a, ch- a scared chipmunk because he has shaky hands. Yeah, so yeah. He like he he can't eat with one hand a lot of the time. Most, most no, I drink like, I drink water with two hands. Yeah, he does everything two handed like a little chipmunk, and then he also <laughs> he, he also chews loud because he doesn't like to close his mouth because he's afraid he's gonna choke. Yeah, because my nose doesn't really do much. Uh, it's more just ornamental. <laughs> it, it, there's there's not a lot of breathing that's going on in it. It's mostly just like uh, God's way of being like, just so people know you're a Jew. And, uh, uh, and so I can only really breathe through my uh, mouth. And so, uh, yeah, when oh, I eat. It must be stressful I just, like, for you. Yeah, life is pain. But <laughs> I, I do feel like I've conquered eating in that like – the i i do it the way that i was meant to do it um loudly with my mouth open and i just don't i've figured out how not how not to do it in public and it's actually one of the reasons why i'm getting married and let me explain that real quick i worked with my now fiance um back when she was in a different relationship and uh 
because she was in a relationship, I was attracted to her, but I was like, well, she's, she, you know, uh, there, nothing's going to happen. So she saw me eat naturally at the office. <laughs> and, um, and then she still fell in love with me. And um, because of that, I was like, she's the only person who I'm ever going to be able to be in a long-term relationship with who accepts me for me as someone who eats, uh, uh, like, afraid. So, <laughs> so be- because she can handle that, I'm like, I think we can take on the world together. Yeah, you so. got to lock it down. So romantic. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you seen a doctor about your ornamental nose? Um, I haven't, I have a, a, a good friend who did for a similar situation, um, of an ornamental nose. Um, he was Armenian. Uh, so I'll just say that there's genetics do not necessarily matter here. Everyone has weird noses. Uh, and he had an entire rhinoplasty surgery. It didn't change the shape of his nose, mm. but it changed like the, uh, the holes. Yeah. Um, and like his, the bone or whatever happened. And, um, it was such an ordeal. It was such a process of recovery that he went through for it. Um, and the change was he could breathe a little bit better out of it, but it wasn't like a huge change. And yeah. I was like, it's just not worth it. It seems I very I feel expensive. like they just try to give that surgery to anyone who uh, to anyone who comes in just to make money. I, I went to an ENT one time and he's like, yeah, you got one nostril that's bigger than the other one. We could do a, a procedure on that. No, yeah, like, that's ridiculous. I'm pretty sure it's fine, man. I'm yeah. just <laughs> it's not having a monumental effect on my life. It's not worth $15,000 if you screwing over, you know, me and, you know, uh, billing for the insurance. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And also, if I'm going to go get rhinoplasty, I'm going to get a, a nice little button nose. Yeah. You know? Same. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not going Emily in there Blunt. to get. Yeah. Yeah. Make, I want a Brad Pitt nose. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I want. Anyways. Daniel, were you going to say something? No, but I was thinking about the fact that I, if I wanted to, I could get a nose job if, like a month ago. And it was so hilarious to me that I felt like I absolutely have to do it, even though I don't really <laughs> yeah, want it. Yeah, he photoshopped that, you know, photos of us with nose jobs. <laughs> that was just so funny, the idea that I could get an, I would, I even would, and then... It just, what happened a month ago? Did was, was there like a Groupon? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I don't know why it popped into my head. Uh, oh, you started like seriously considering it after like downloading FaceApp or something. I just went out of Photoshop and oh, was you just did? like adjusting and just the the idea of getting plastic. It was almost too funny to not do it. Not that I care, <laughs> but like I have to do it now. And it I got to send weird, those obsessive thought. I have to. I. Yeah. Uh, Angela, one of our friends with benefits, um, that makes it sound one of yeah. our patrons. Um, she was she asked me to text those photos to the people who have the texting privileges. <laughs> I mm. should. I was disappointed because I had this fantasy that if I had a cute little nose, I would be like totally transformed. Like, oh yeah. my god, is that Adriana Lima? Victoria's yeah. Secret model. But really, it was just like, oh, yeah, I look just like myself with a slightly smaller nose. Yeah. I just think you didn't do enough, Daniel. I mean, with yours, I didn't I didn't give you the button nose. Yeah. No, you just you did like. like a tasteful, just, you know, just a tasteful, a little bit more of the refined. <laughs> I, I feel like it's yeah. <laughs> it's so like you're playing with fire anytime you change your nose cuz like the 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 potential for it to change your whole face that you've been yes. looking at your whole life is yeah. way too high. Yeah. 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 And 
and it's like, uh, do you ever, you remember that feeling the first time you saw your mom get like a serious haircut? Yes. Is that, is that universal? Threatening. Yeah, where you're just like, you want to cry, but you're like, I don't know why I want to cry right now. Yes, my mom changed changed up her whole look. I don't know why. I still don't know why. She used to dress like sort of conservatively buttoned up and all of a sudden she was wearing like sexy young outfits, even though they really weren't sexy, but... Yeah, yeah, and I just remember <laughs> she had this like personal shopper who was like, "Oh, Shelly," she had an accent, but I don't know what kind of accent it was. It was like, "Oh, Shelly," uh-huh. so I was going to say that's a that's a personal shopper's yes doing. But I hate uh-huh. I, I was like, "You're stealing my mom." I hated this woman so much. Yeah. I was so upset Plus, by the could, whole thing. Yeah, you could get it in a Jennifer Gray situation. The yeah. totally dirty dancing uh, lady, the Jennifer. That, like, uh, Jennifer right. Gray. That's that's the exact situation. Actually, that to me, that's the best cautionary tale. For loving, loving your you the know, nose you uh, came with, loving your Jewy features is what <laughs> is honestly what it is because I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, you know for a, a certain amount of us we don't look like you know we look at our Israeli counterparts and you're like how does that even possible why are you guys all hot <laughs> and all of us you know look yes. like this and then we. Um, uh, but then the Jennifer Grace situation happened, and I was like, you know what? That nose gives you character. It makes yeah. you, you know. And may- maybe it's the Italian and Armenian in me, but like, yeah, I, I like, I prefer the big noses with with character. Like the small button noses scare me, and I uh, am I'm a little put off by them. Like, yeah, if it's too yeah. buttony, I'm like, yeah, what's why why on a woman why do you look or on like a, a doll? Uh, both. both. But, yeah. yeah, interesting. Well, listen, you guys. I feel like we've just barely scratched the surface. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you guys are going to have to come back. Um, yep, in person next time. Yes, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Knock wood. Uh, yeah, we'll all come out to Fresno. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll record this in your dragonfly pool. Yeah. <laughs> we'll um, keep my newborn in one room, and then everybody will just like yeah. go into the other room. And, and uh, we'll have our choice of... Chinese food buffets to eat at afterwards. <laughs> it's a town of mostly Chinese food buffets. Right? <laughs> um, I don't know. If you like what you're hearing, please uh, make sure that you're subscribed or following or whatever the terminology is in your app of choice so that you get your uh, episodes automatically so you don't miss one. Tell your friends. Leave us a nice comment on Apple Podcast Five Stars, please. We read them on the show sometimes. Uh, and um, I'm on Cameo and I have a book out and I already mentioned Patreon. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Vince, where do we find you and what should we look for? Well, uh, as always, you can always find me on Uproxx where I'm the senior film and culture writer. And then, of course, uh, on the Film Drunk Frotcast that I do with Matt. And uh, we're on patreon.com slash frotcast. Patreon. Uh, yep. And Matt. And you can find us there. It's great. What about you? Um, I am also the senior culture writer. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you can find me and Vince, like you said, um, on the Film Drunk Frotcast, which is our our main pod, and then recently in the last two years, the Sopranos podcast you were on, Pod Yourself a Gun. Um, you can find that wherever podcasts are given away for free. It is a Sopranos Rewatch podcast. You can either listen to it while rewatching. Uh, you can listen to it on its own. You can have never seen the Sopranos and just want to like dive into an episode. Uh, you'll love it no matter what. And um, uh, you can also find me uh, on Instagram at Matt Leap Jokes. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, if you're in, in LA, 
uh, in Los Feliz on a Thursday night. Uh, every Thursday, 9 p.m., we have a comedy show, me and Francesca Fiorentini, my fiance, uh, do called The Happies. So check out The Happies Comedy uh, on Eventbrite. Wonderful. Daniel? Oh, you can just follow me, Twitter and Instagram, at Daniel Quats. Perfect. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> and Tony? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at... Tony Thaxton and my podcast Bizarre Albums every Tuesday and uh, sorry not to compete with a uh, Thursday show but next Thursday uh, August 12th I am going to be playing drums uh, with our friend Jonah Ray at the Sardine in San Pedro uh, playing punk versions of Weird Al songs that Jonah has been doing. Oh neat. And, uh, yeah, it's a comedy and music show. There's some good comedians on the show, like Kurt Bronner, Brandy Posey, Dave Ross, and some others. I forget who else is on. But, yeah, I'll be playing. I think that's a late show. So maybe maybe you can do both you shows. You do both. Yeah. Happies and then Sardines. Yes. Um, it's called The Sardine or Sardines? The Sardine. The Sardine. It'd be cool if it was actually, like, really spacious inside and you're not packed in at all. I'll talk to the owner, see what I can do. um thank you guys so much for being on the show listeners thank you for listening i love you you matter goodbye hey do you know about the allison rosen show we had a good time but now we gotta go yeah allison rosen is your new best friend